Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. All right, we should have some fun here in the next uh, hour of the show. At least uh, hopefully we'll have fun if I don't blow it here. This is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, uh, Digitex. Uh, Digitex, which, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they are a uh, Red Deer Rebels uh, sponsor. Is Digitex on? Did you get them on board, uh, Cam Newton? Yeah, they are a sponsor of the Rebels. There we go. Uh, We're big fans. There we go. Hugh Porter, the gang at Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. You're all in one convenient location. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, and supplies. Uh, you can reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. Text us on our Heartland Ford text line, 630-630, with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan, one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. I missed this read, and I'm going to get to it just before I bring in Brent Sutter and Cam Moon. Oilers fans, if you're looking for a great sports weekend trip, join Oilers now in New York City in October, the Oilers play the uh, Devils and the Rangers, plus an opportunity to see the Dallas Cowboys against the New York Jets. This uh, New York package includes four nights at the Westin Hotel, a welcome reception with yours truly, uh, which is an off night for me, so that'll be a late one, uh, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For the Oilers now NFL Tour, call New West Travel at uh, 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. Speaking of New York City, uh, Brent Sutter and Cam, thank you yep. for joining us. Um, you got any... Uh, experiences having fun in New York over the over the years because you were there a, a, a fair amount of year. Actually, we start the year uh, Islanders, Devils, Rangers, Chicago Blackhawks. How's that for the first four road? Well, that's wow. pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a heck of a road trip. That's that's the Brent Sutter reunion tour, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a lot of fun playing in New York for sure. Well, you guys, winning's a lot more fun than losing. Well, that was one thing about it is it was such a big rival, and uh, you know we seemed to win always the big games. Yeah. And, uh, I'll never forget the year that we'd. Uh, it was my first year actually in New York, and uh, we were uh, we played them in the playoffs, and uh, we beaten them. And we're leaving. We get on the bus out of Mass Square Gardens. You come out of the yeah. on the ramp, get on the bus, pull out, and we got to go to the Midtown Tunnel to get back on the island. And we're escorted from the rink to Midtown Tunnel by police officers on horses. 
and they're on each side of the bus and there's like four horses in each side of the bus and uh and so you're not going very fast down the streets right and these police officers are <laughs> are yelling to the to the people you come near this bus you're dying in the hooves <laughs> welcome to new york yeah, you're dying. i don't know can you're you get dying. away with that anymore today new no. york city yeah, you're dying in the hooves so uh so that was in the heyday of the the pot the dun 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 yeah. pot vin socks right yeah. Yeah, because it, right the, every every oh, game it was stupid it's and even you know you sit there and watch games at night when you're home and watching the rangers play on tv and stuff and uh I don't know. It didn't matter who they were playing. They'd start that chat, yeah. uh, the Dennis Potvin chat, and then they got going about the uh, Mike Bossy chat. It was crazy too. Mike Bossy does the Sutter Boys, Dwayne, Brent, Rich, and Ron, because Richie and Ronnie were in Philadelphia. <laughs> It'd be going on. You're saying to watch TV here. They start that chat too. So it was bizarre. Yeah, uh, different world back then. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like stuff you could do then, and you can't. And there's a lot of it, and that you could do then. You certainly wouldn't get away. You'd be suspended for half a year, or maybe even life now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I know, uh, I, I don't think you you came up what uh, eighty one, eighty two was yeah, your first full yeah, season. First you were there though for part of eighty eighty one. Did you not play? Well, some? I didn't. Uh, uh, they won at seventy nine, eighty, eighty, eighty one. I was up. I came up after we got uh, beat out of the playoffs in Lethbridge. Okay. With the Broncos and was there practicing with the team the year they beat Minnesota. And okay. I never played any games. Just practiced with them okay uh, through the playoffs and the following year I I went in and I was disappointed I got sent back after after uh, uh, exhibition was over I actually led the team in exhibition and scoring and stuff but and they still set you down they, it was all about loyalty which you know I totally understood it and yeah. I went down and then they called me back up uh, I played two games right before Christmas and then Bill sat down with me, and I'd been named. That was the year the World Juniors was uh, going to be played in North Dakota that year. Right. Canada won that year. Yeah, they won. And uh, Dave King had called me, I don't know, it was middle December 10th, 15th, whatever, and I mentioned that it, uh, that uh, he won me on the team. But I was kind of at the mercy of what Bill was going to say, and uh, they called me up two days uh, before uh, at Christmas. Actually, we played in Detroit on the 22nd played in Long Island on the 23rd and I flew into Detroit met the team played there went back played 23rd and Bill told me after the game he sat down with me and said you know uh, our preference would be for you not to go back to World Juniors or play in World Juniors we'd rather you go home play two or three more games there and we'll call you up for good in January 4th and that's what they did I said it was you're going to be your last Christmas at home I go home and spend Christmas with mom and dad. So that's what I did. I didn't go to World Juniors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that getting paid also probably. Uh... Yeah. Well, you know, when you think about the January fourth, the World Juniors were probably would have been just about over by then. Right. But, uh, but he, it was for Bill. It was more about go home and spend it with your family, and it's yeah. going to be the last year for a long, long time. You're going to have Christmas at home. We got uh, Brent Sutter, uh, owner, general manager, head coach of the Red Deer Rebels, Cam Moon, the unofficial owner, general oh, manager, yeah, and head okay. coach. He, he actually truly is. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, just do, I just do what he tells yeah, me. Well, not even close. I mean, this is how this is how proactive Cam was. Uh, a number of years ago, we're going back in the mid-2000s, you actually had a, a media availability at Overtime Broiler and Tap Room, Sandy Nesbitt, uh, who's got a restaurant right near mm-hmm. now. Uh, but Sandy Nesbitt had the, and you guys came in and did a full, this is when there was no Edmonton Oil Kings, 
things. Yeah. And, out of, you know, and I, and I I know that Dean Millard, who I used to have on my show, spent some time down in Red Deer as well. I mean, it was great. It was a great event that you guys did. But one thing, Brent, I think you, you have to admit, and we've, we've seen this recently in the last couple of years. I know we did that event uh, with Terry Lowen. Yeah, uh, last mm-hmm. summer. Last yeah. summer, right? Yeah. yeah. Edmund because we're going in on the seventh, right? Yeah. To do yeah. Uh, to do a rookie game with the, yeah. the Flames, and I know you coach the Flames, but it's my sense, judging from the response that we get on the show, and we also are able to moderate where the podcasts, yeah. the people podcast. Sure. We have a heavy like there is a lot of Oilers fans in in Red Deer. Is yeah. that a, is that uh, a, it's it's you know it, it's not fifty fifty between yeah, Oilers no. and Flames. No, it's not like it, it. It probably used to be that, but it certainly has. Uh, uh, Swayed probably more one way than the other, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, from my standpoint, uh, it's been great working with Bob and the Oilers. Uh, different things we've done with, uh, I, you know, with the Gretzky Linka tournament, which is uh, coming back yeah, next year again. Comes right? Back next year, and uh, of course, then the World Juniors coming. Um, you know, and just other things, the games, the exhibition games in Red Deer. Uh, you know, just I guess maybe the relationship I've had with Bob over the years, and uh, and now with uh, Merrick involved in my side of it, and different player or different people involved with the Oilers and associations they have with each other. It it just seems like it's been a real good fit. Yeah, I, I like I'm an Albertan, right? Like yeah. I I'm a I'm a real like when I you know there was I know. Uh, there was a friend of mine that uh, tweeted something out last night involving a comment that the Quebec Premier made about Jason Kenny, and I was just like, oh, "Okay, I'll, I'll stay off Twitter because I'm gonna get upset." Like I'm a, even you know what? And I've even said on the show, like uh, you know what? If the Oilers are out, I don't like. I wanted the Flames to win the. Yeah, the I'd rather sure. see the Flames but, win than the. I know Todd McClellan's with the Kings now, and Dallas is in Anaheim, and I like those guys. But I'd rather see the Flames and the Canucks win than see, uh, you know, than see. Uh, uh, the American teams. You, your career's been an interesting one. What was it like going? I mean, obviously your older brother was there, so that that's mm. not a bad thing. But to be a to go into that Islanders organization when they're a Stanley Cup yeah. caliber team and they have that level of excellence, how challenging was that for you out of the gate? Or do you think maybe the Sutter principles that you grew up with maybe you know helped you in terms well, of make that adjustment? Well, I you know what. Well, I think it's a little bit of everything, to be truthful about it. It was, uh, I had a great coach in junior by the name of John Chapman. Who's a terrific personality. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. Chappie was awesome. And, uh, um, and, you know, and he really taught you how to play the game the right way, right? So what, is I, that, what does that mean? Well, back in the day, like, it was being a real good two-way player, good defensively, responsible. Tough. Uh, tough, play hard, compete. Uh, and so when I got to the NHL, it wasn't like a real shocker for me where I was having to learn things that that you need to learn when you get there. I had already been taught it by Chappie, and he was he was well, he's you know a great great friend and a great guy, and uh, he taught me a lot through my junior years of, and he coached me for you know three of those years. Did years. all the Sutters go through uh, Chapman? No, no, they did not. Just uh, uh, myself, uh, Ronnie, and Richie did. Okay, and uh, uh, so it was. Uh, it was awesome that way, and I got there. Of course, you go into the dressing room with guys that are one Stanley Cups, they're champions. Uh, but you know what? They were awesome to a man. Every one of them, you know, they just take you under your wing and they look after you and take care of you. And uh, and I was fortunate to have that. I learned at a young age what it what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. And I suppose when I look back at it, you're you kind of 
you take it for granted, right? Like you're young and my first three years and then the NHL, I'm in the Stanley Cup finals. I win the first two years. Uh, yeah. The third year, the Oilers beat us. Uh, and then you play another, I don't know, it was 14, 15 more years and I only got the chance to get to Stanley Cup finals one more time. So yeah. it's uh, it's something I look back on now. I wish I would have partied, partied harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, uh, I, I want to ask about the 83 final against the Oilers. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the Edmonton was the up-and-coming team at that time. You guys had already won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Now you're going for fourth. Um, did you have a sense that uh, you know you still kind of had the upper hand on because it, it, se- it seemed to me when I recall and, and this is going I mean I was 17 at the time yeah. but what I what I remember is it seemed to me like you guys always had control of the series every step of the way I mean you won it in four straight yeah well you know what it's funny we're playing Boston and we're playing in game six in Boston and uh, and I'll never forget this pregame skate and I'm walking, of course, all the media are sitting, sitting behind the benches watching pregame skates and stuff. And uh, I'm walking off the bench to go in the dressing room. And I'll never forget, I'm not sure which reporters, there was two guys there, and I can't think of their names, but they said, you guys, whoever wins this, you guys have no chance to beat the Edmonton away. They're, they're dominant. There's no way anybody's going to beat the Oilers. And that's a no-no to say to the you know champ you know champions been champions for for three straight years right and uh, and the guys got wind of that right and it motivated us that night big time to win game six even though you don't need motivation right. but it was just like okay we can't wait to meet the Oilers and uh, and of course they are obviously have a heck of a team right and uh, um, with all the st- you know stars stud players they had and. Uh, and we went in it with a mindset that uh, you know it's this is going to be you know it's going to be a tough series, but we have to play a certain way. We have to play the game the right way, and and, and you know we and we just seemed to roll with it all series. Right. We won game one, and it seemed to just carry on. Whereas the next year when the Oilers beat us, I think what not only were they a great team still, but what they them winning game one won nothing. Yeah. It gave them a lot of confidence. Winning that way. Yeah. And winning winning that way. And also the fact that we were, you know, we were, um, it's the only time I believe that the Stanley Cup finals went to a 2 3 2 series. The year after, too. Yeah, they did it with Philadelphia in 85. That's right, Philadelphia 85. So if you split that first game, you know, it's, it's it's certainly advantage to that team. They split the first two games. It's advantage to the team going back to their home building, and and that was something totally new for us, right? And uh, but you know, that being said, listen, the Oilers, you know, they they had a great team and they played obviously outstanding, and uh, and they had that motivation from us winning the year before, right. beating them the year before, and and you know what? And Gretz has said it many times that you know they learned a lot. And the year before losing to us, so right. what it takes to win, and uh, and then they went, you know, the following year they certainly were. They destroyed Philadelphia in '85. It wasn't even close. Yeah. That final yeah. game was yeah, just a it blow. Was, it was, uh, you know, but when you win and you're champion and you in your, you know what it takes, right? And uh, uh, you know, it's there's so many things involved in it, but 
the biggest thing of all is it just you know everyone just on the same page and doing it the right way and, and of course the level of emotion of intensity when you get to Stanley Cup playoffs is high extremely high and every round that you go through gets higher and higher and then you're at the max in the finals right that 83 series against Boston you know what I remember uh, Middleton uh, and uh, Peterson mm-hmm. they, they must have because yeah. they had like a ridiculous amount of playoff points that year, yeah. and then you guys ended up shutting them down come crunch time. And then obviously in '83, you, you you took Edmonton out quickly in four straight. And the Oilers responded; they win the cup, and they scored a lot of goals in Edmonton those three games here. Like oh, I think no, you guys, I, I think Billy I, Smith got chased in two well, of the three games. I, I think the wasn't the one game. I think the one game they might have scored, and it was the lowest they scored, and I think it was six, seven, and seven or something. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah they, it was, they got a lot. And we didn't score a lot ourselves. Yeah, you know, I think we might have scored maybe max two goals in the game or something. Do you think maybe the cumulative effect of all those playoff series year after well, year, or is that... or Because or, I look at the two teams and I think to myself, Islanders were a better defensive team. Um, I don't think they had the same high-end offense. I think that's a yeah, fair... No, for sure. I mean, I mean, they yeah. had the greatest offensive player in the history of the game, yeah. and then they had Messier as a number two center. I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah. I mean, I think... I look at Mark Messier and Brian Trotchy, and I think they're pretty close. Yeah. Well, Mess was Mess was certainly younger than Trotch. And, yeah. And... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you could look at it all different ways. At the end of the day, you, you Sutter brothers were fighting. You guys were fighting Kevin McClellan so, all series long. Uh, <laughs> Kevin was. Kev- hey, Brent, Brent yeah. said that's one of the toughest fights. Yeah, you know it is funny. Kevin was uh, he was a competitive guy, and uh, he knew exactly what his role was. And uh, and when he was in Pittsburgh, I don't know, it was just crazy. It seemed like. Him and I was just like we look at each other and we just fight and uh, it was crazy. But um, and then is when he got traded to the Oilers. Uh, um, actually, it was him and I had a real good fight in uh, in on the island and stuff in his first year in Edmonton. But you know, Kevin got you know he just became a real strong heavyweight in the league. And, yeah. And Kevin's an awesome guy, right? Like he's hilarious. And, yeah. Uh, um, and I got to know Kevin more, especially he was in PA and he's coaching in Prince Albert sure. and stuff, and uh, coached in the West Hawk League. And um, we had his we had his son at camp. We had here. his son. We yeah. brought his son to camp. Yeah, we brought his son to camp here about four years ago, yeah. whatever it was. And uh, so no, it's uh, you know that's just the game was so different then, right? Like the way it was played and. Uh, that's why I said nowadays the stuff that you were able to do back or, or in the day, say or the, say or <laughs> oh I got some great there's some great stories but I'll tell you it's uh, it's so different now like it's you know like I said you get you'd be suspended 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 here Brent I used stuff. to watch you I used to come down to Red Deer with Rob Dom uh, yeah. and go look at 20 year olds and I used to watch you on the bench before you went into the NHL as a head coach and I'm like I look at Rob and I go he's got those he's got the refs intimidated He's got, he's got the other coach intimidated. Like, he used to play Medicine Hat, and, you know, I think Willie was at Medicine Hat at the time, and I'm just like, this, you know, and they had, like, you know, Bowmeister. This might have even been before Willie, uh, when the, the former wrestler that was the coach there. Bob Lokes. Bob Lokes, was, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I'm watching you run on the bench, and, you know, they had Bowmeister and Lupul, and, you know, you had, you had good teams. Like, you won the Memorial Cup in 2001. Yeah, we went to the finals, what, three? Three, three years ago, yeah, oh, right? Yeah. 01, 02, 03. Yeah, yeah. and we were down there with Sportsnet for yeah. the game six the one year. Yeah. I think the year Kelowna took it. was Kelowna, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. 03. 03. That was probably the best team we had was that year. Yeah. And what hurt us that, that year, it, it, 
to this day, I was still ticked about it because, you know, it could have happened earlier. It could have happened two weeks later, but we had like three or four players sign right before in shell contracts right before that series started. And it was just like, why now? Right okay, here? well, we're going to talk about that and how it changes the focus for kids. Yeah. Brent Sutter, the general manager, head coach, uh, owner of the Red Deer Rebels, Camun, the, uh, the the historian and the play-by-play voice, communications guy, marketing guru for the Rebels as well. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Well, we got a guy that's got a connection to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Brent Sutter, in studio. Uh, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins the best player the Red Deer Rebels have ever produced? Probably. Most Cam? Probably. What do you think? Yeah. 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 What like a great... In my era. In your era? Yeah. Be, like the team was seven years in existence before you... I purchased it or family purchased it. So, yeah. Um, what a great kid, eh? Awesome. Nugent, yeah. Yeah. Like he's he's a he's a pretty good person. Oh yeah, he's an awesome young man, and and you know what? And he's a he's a heck of a hockey player. When you watch him play, he doesn't get enough credit for how he plays. And he, you know, for a guy like that, that he really focused in on his last year in Red Deer, wanting to be a real solid two-way guy. And yet he was only 17 years of age, right? Right. And yet he was only like 160 oh, yeah. pounds, and you know, and then he turns pro the next year, and. And, you know, that's probably always up for debate whether he played one year too soon or not, but it doesn't matter. Right? He had 52 and points in 62 games sure. in the NHL in his rookie did, season, yeah. right? And he yeah, but he got hurt, right? And, yeah, that, yeah. and you're always, that's what you're, it's not the... Fair enough. It's not that that you worry about. You worry about injuries, right, with young players. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We got to go to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodan. More with uh, Brent Sutter and Cam Moon when we return. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 132, Brent Sutter, Cam Moon in studio. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. Edmonton owned and operated. And they're still making it great. On now through October, Royal Pizza offering the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of their 14 Edmonton locations. All right, I cut you off there, um, Brent. So let's go back to it. Just uh, the thought on, you know, what Nugent Hopkins have benefited from it another year of junior. The junior operators will always say, yeah. will, will they not? But well, in his case, because of his body type as well, you know, well, your thoughts? He, he, you know, I, you know, it doesn't really matter what I, what at, right. at, 
I mean, at the time, yeah, Red Deer loses a top player like that. But, you know, Oilers had, were in a situation where, you know, their team was where their team was, right? Right. And, and you take a player like that, where they took him, he's got to play in your hockey team, right? And yet... And he was productive. And he was. He put up numbers, and yet you do worry about injuries, right? And unfortunately, he got hurt that year. And uh, But, you know, Nuge has grown as a player, and, you know, he's a... Uh, He's a great hockey player. So you've had a couple NHL head coaching stints and yeah. that you've left at your own sort of uh, decision. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this. If you were Dave Tippett, mm-hmm. what would you do if Leon Dreisettle? Would you play him at center or would you play or would you play him in the wing with Connor? Well, you know, I, I think you got the two different scenarios there. You got, you know, you got, you got those three guys, right? And, uh, and I'm sure Tip and Kenny will figure this out as they go, but... You know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins to me can't be your third line player. I mean, he's got to he's got to play in your top six forwards. And right. He's too good of a hockey player, right? And uh, and so it's just where that fits because Leon to me can play wing or center. You know, and uh, and so can Nugent. He did it last year, but um, he's probably a better center iceman because just of his size and uh, and he's such a good two way player. I'm going to put Cam on the spot here. All right. Here we go. How many 50-goal scorers in the NHL at the Western Hockey League in the last decade? I have no idea. All right. Did you see when Dreisaitl played with Prince Albert that he could be a potential? Because I saw him play a lot that year. Yeah. I, and I was, you know, and I was all over stupid. you got to draft, you got to draft, you got to draft. You listened to the shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was Dreisaitl or Because everybody just assumed Reinhardt was going too. So did you think he'd be the sort of player he's turned out to be? I would say he's better than I expected. I, I thought he'd be a very good NHL player. I think he's overshot it a little bit. In, that was in my mind, anyway, yeah. going into his NHL career. But he was very good in the WHL. Brent? Yeah, you know what? He, the thing that, too, with Leon was that uh, um, probably what's... I don't know if people realize is how much bigger and stronger he's gotten. Yeah. He's a big man now, and uh, and not that he wasn't a decent size in junior, but you know what? What would he be now? Two hundred twenty pounds. He's, yeah, he's got to be between like, two, two, yeah, yeah two, and, two thirteen and, to two eighteen. And and a guy that can like his skating has improved immensely too, and uh, he's becoming a real good skater. He's a heavy player now, right? And uh, hard to get off pucks, and he just overpowers you in a lot of situations. There's been a couple times where guys have gone to run him. Mm-hmm. And he's either dropped his shoulder or he's lowered his butt, frankly, yeah. and gotten a lower center of gravity on guys and destroyed them. Yeah, well, when, when, when you know, when you, well, of course, we watch a lot of hockey and stuff and uh, see the letters play a lot. And, uh, um, you know, when, when he gets that burr up his rear end, he's a pretty he, good he's Yeah. He's tough to, you know, when he has that fire, he's a real tough player to play against. Uh, I mean, in 2015, you're sitting there watching Prince Albert make those two trades. Uh, first, the Morrissey deal, which actually might have happened just before the World Juniors that year, uh, and then and then Leon going coming back, even though everybody knew it was already in place. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kelowna. I mean, that was about as when you when you look at the teams out of the WHL over the last several years that have had the best. That that was the best, in my opinion. Kelowna's team in 2015 was the best team. Yeah. I'm still. In fact, I saw somebody. Uh, a kid, uh, Tanner, I forget his last name. Uh, he was he was up with a concussion that year with Kelowna, but played later in Spokane as well. And just they the missed opportunity, but that was a pretty loaded up team by yeah, WH. They were loaded, yeah. Because you guys tried to do the same thing the next year, right? In 2016. Well, 2016, but yeah, we were. You know, you 
We had, which is funny, it was that year, and, and a lot of it's the elements around the rest of the league, what's available and what right. isn't, right? right. And, and that year, the year that we tried to load up, it was, it was making a difference with our 20-year-olds, right? And yeah. uh, um, because it was tough to acquire those 18, you did, 19 You did get Jake DeBrusque. We got Jake DeBrusque, and uh, we got him. But that had been that had been an ongoing thing, right? I'd been talking with Swift Current since training camp, and well, we sat here off because you've come in a couple yeah. times over the last. We sat here and talked about Jake off the record yeah. and said, you know, that's the yeah. guy that makes. Well, Lammer and I yeah. started talking about it in the summer, and uh, we were finally able to get it done before before uh, the trading deadline. But uh, uh, but then we got Haluka, who yeah. was uh, really he. It just one team that he really just seemed to thrive on. That was against Calgary, yeah. and uh, and we traded for him, and he made a big difference with our hockey team that year too. And then Luke Phelps broke well, his ankle. Luke, yeah, Luke, Luke, Luke had uh, uh, Jeff and I actually had a deal done. Um, Jeff Janelf. Yeah, yeah. A month or two before that, but uh, Luke had, and then he ended up got breaking his ankle, and uh, then it, everything got put on hold and delayed till. And I think we finalized it before Christmas, yeah. and uh, um, and then he came to us, or right after Christmas, whatever it was, and and he was still injured, and we had to go through a process of getting him ready to play. Brent Sutter, Camoon, joining us uh, from the Red Deer Rebels. So let me ask you this, Brent. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm an arrogant old WHL guy, right? Like in terms of love the league, you know, totally was on the education program. By the way, Jim Donlevy passed away while I was off for the two weeks. Condolences to the Donlevy family, former Alberta Gold. He was doing, he was coaching the Golden Bears when I first started my broadcasting career. I did some of his games. Great guy. Uh, wonderful storyteller. Um, but I grew up watching the WHL dominate the Memorial Cup. I mean, two out of every three years. Mm-hmm. I worked in the, the year you guys won in 2001. I was working behind the scenes of Sportsnet that year. Um, but that's when there was 14, 16, 18 teams. teams yeah. We're at 22 teams now in the WHL. Does that play a factor in the lack of success over the last several years, do you think? Well, it certainly has spread the talent out, and trades are harder to make, I feel, in our league than they are in Ontario and Quebec as far as wanting to load up one team uh like they'll you know those some of those big trades in the and you don't <laughs> 2024 draft picks. Well, yeah. Yeah, you don't see that in our league like you don't see because teams are always worried about where they're going to be at a year or two down the road right and uh um it's certainly done differently in our in our in out west and is in the east and you know there's players in the east that'll play on three or four straight memorial cup teams you know, they just keep getting traded yeah. every year to the best team. Well, and, didn't Noah Dobson play on back-to-back? You know, yeah. Well, there's yeah, yeah they, and they there's there's players out that and out there that that are like that. And I'm not saying it's wrong at all. Yeah. And it's just they're the way they do their business and and stuff like that. And the way they make trades is differently different than the way we do it out west. And we do have a lot of teams in our league. Uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to expand to 23. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, is the league in a better spot having the ice in Winnipeg now? You know, we think so as owners. Yeah. Um, for sure. Bigger market. Um, um, you know, and the uh, ownership group there is really dialed in, and they're very committed to building it the right way there and building a new facility, and, and it's great for Brandon. Um, so, yeah, we think as a league it was uh, certainly beneficial. Uh, do we need to move away from a Bantam draft and go to a midget draft like Ontario and Quebec have? I, like, I, hey, yeah. I'm just asking. I don't have any... And, s- you know what? It, it, 
depends how you look at it, right? There's different ways to look at it. Uh, you know, you could draft a player and you can bring him right in. And is that easier to recruit him or is it easier to recruit a player that you have in your system already for a year that you're able to, you know, go through a process with them? So, you know, it just, it depends. I mean, you can have an argument either way, yeah. um, you know, so uh, you have, you could have 10 people in the room and you have five people thinking one way, five another. What percentage of the best players, so let's say the, the first or second round picks over the last 10 years, have you guys not been able to get to commit to your organization? Not one. Not one. So yeah. you've, got, you've gotten every kid that you've taken yep. in, the, in, in, in the first couple of rounds. First couple, three rounds, we haven't, we haven't missed. Yeah, I think right. Edmonton's in the same position. So, yeah. I mean, it's obviously there were certain Swift Current was, uh, I mean, they ended up trading Joel Sexsmith off to yeah. Vancouver, right? And they've, they've had some challenge. But, but there's a lot of, you know, like, there's a lot into that, right? Like, it's you know, it's it's, you know, Sean, my assistant GM, does uh, who happens to be my nephew, but he's worked for he's Brian's boy, he's worked for me for a long, or worked for us for a long time and uh, um, our scouting staff, you know, they do a great job of of selling the program and making sure that it's done right and um, and the reality is that when their general manager who happens to be myself sits down with them I don't want a situation where we're picking a player in the first round and we have no chance of getting them mm -hmm. you know that's that to me it's it's bad PR for your team uh, you know it's no good for our fans it's no good for anybody so when we're picking a player in the first round we got to be dialed in and making sure that we've done absolutely everything you know he's coming to the whl yeah and it's you know there's a great chance better than better than good chance you're going to get him uh, hmm, that's interesting we'll get to this a little bit later on uh it is uh 143 in edmonton you mentioned brian i've got to ask this um getting to know brian a little over the years not a lot uh it surprised me frankly how small he was yeah. And I, I mean that because when I when I saw Brian play with the St. Louis Blues, and he went into St. Louis when they had, I mean, you talked uh, uh, about Chappie, about John Chapman, and, you know, how guys coached back in the day. And, I mean, go back in those 70s and Medicine Hat, like yeah. Bob Gassoff played in St. Louis. Yeah, Brian was, Brian was, uh, he, he had to put a few, feel a little bit of money to the, Police stations in Medicine to get him out of jail in Medicine Hat a few times. So after they after Lethbridge played there, well, yeah, rival, right? The rival is huge and right. And but Brian, I mean, I was, I'm thinking of the Gasoffs going in a sale. Bob Gasoff oh, who yeah, passed no, away, but yeah. Bob Gasoff, there are guys that would say there mid, was not, mids. No, there wasn't much tougher than Bobby. <laughs> Bob Gasoff was oh, about yeah. as tough as it. But you're, is Brian Sutter the toughest of the Sutters? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends how you want to look at it. Between the ears, <laughs> that be, that, you know what? I don't know. I mean, it's it, Brian. I mean, Brian, when you want to look at fighting wise, Brian was a great fighter. Yeah, you know, and uh, he he'd fight anybody. You know, and he went into he was heart and soul of St. Louis Blues there for a long time, there, and uh, there, and like, yeah. you know, he was their backbone as far as uh, just the way he played, and and you know, and he fought everyone. But Brian was a great fighter. He knew how to fight. He could fight the big guys and stuff. But you know, he he took his share of lickings, but he always came back. He, Brian was like a, you know, Brian reminded me a lot, even though he was, and I don't know if people remember Gary Howitt. Yeah, Gary was a five foot eight, five foot the nine. The toy guy. tiger. That yeah. was, that was but the he, thing. Brian was a lot like him, but maybe a little bit bigger. But 
they're like wolverines right they'd fight the grizzly bears but the wolverine always kept coming back right yeah. and uh and that's how brian was brian just kept going and coming back and yet he was able to put numbers up when oh, he no, played he's too, you way know? better so, player than gary allen yeah so when you ask me that question people ask different times about that question just depends what type of player i i was a different player than brian you know i played center ice i didn't play wing you had a hundred point season in yeah, the nhl you know, so it was it was it's all different right so does that mean one's softer or tougher than the other? I don't know. Just because you fight or you didn't well, but did one, he but and did he kind of set the table for the rest of the Sutters because well, of that character that he played? I mean, well, yes, I think, you guys had to do it on your own. Yeah, but I think he, you know, no question that you know there was that work ethic and that character, and then Brian makes it, and then Daryl makes it, and Dwayne makes it, and there's this establishment already in the hockey circles that you know the Sutters have this and this and this but you know we still had to make it on our own we still had to you know in our own way and um you know I had to be who I was as a player and uh and the twins had to do the same thing and Daryl was a completely different player than Brian completely different and he was the second one that came in and uh into, into the NHL and he but he was a totally different player than Brian was um so you know we yeah, Brian, you know, he certainly was the first one in that, you know, just that the way he was and the way he played, it, you know, yeah, it certainly helped. Yeah. I, I you know, I lacked that uh, speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline, too. But other than that. Yeah, like I... I, I yeah, at all. You know, yeah. it, was, it was right yeah. there. Hey, we did the whole Viking reality tour last year in the fall. We got to see the barn where they played the... Where you guys, you and your brothers played yeah. the, the hockey in the barn, and oh yeah, we got to see. Got the, see the see the, yeah, we got. We took, have, I took Mooner to the Viking Hotel. Saw the Viking Hotel. Hotel. Left, left <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, no, no. We just actually you know what it was. We we were actually playing Lethbridge in an exhibition game up in Wainwright. In Wainwright, yeah. At the, okay. And uh, and we went in for a couple days earlier to go on the base to train. And it was actually really cool. And so we took the bus and we had to go down and pick up Daryl's boy, Christopher. Uh, yeah. Picked him up at the meat market. Viking meat. Yeah, Viking we, meat market. Got him. And he came in and helped us for a couple of days. So we went down and picked him up. And so Mooner won the tour. So we, we oh, took we did the, the tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got the full tour. <laughs> so It took a while. Just, just, took a just while. to set the record straight, are, are the Sutters the most famous family out of uh, Viking or the Clustons? <laughs> <laughs> the Clustons. The Clustons. There you go. What? This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 48 in Edmonton. We're going to briefly hit on uh, Canada Cup and coaching the World Juniors with Brent Sutter when we return in Oilers now. 
This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. All right, it's 149 to the Steen Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. Ask about their Oilers Now hockey road trips to New York and Chicago. Call New West Travel. Go online at newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Back in 1982, Bob, after three seasons in orange and blue, the Oilers trade defenseman Aristo Silton into Hartford for Kenny Linsman and Don Knockbauer. Linsman spent two seasons in Edmonton, scoring 75 and then 67 points. Knockbauer played just four games with the Oilers. Linsman uh, beating uh, Brent Sutter in the 83-84 Stanley Cup Final as a member of the Oilers organization. Knockbauer coached forever in uh, the Western Hockey League as well. Brent Sutter is uh, with us along with Cam Moon. All right, after the 84 series, uh, the Oilers and the Islanders kind of worked together. Larry Robinson played a factor in it, I think, and you guys uh, took on the Russians and uh, beat them in the uh, Canada Cup. Yeah, we actually, Slats was coaching the team, and uh, um, it was in 84, and um, I didn't get named to it originally. They named, at that point, they only named 30 players, and Bill Torrey and Slats were the GMs. Slats was coaching it, and Harry Sennon, and and I had been training with Brian. Brian had got named to one of the 30 guys, and I had trained with Brian through the summer on the lake in his in his garage and uh, getting him ready and getting me ready for the season. And then one morning, and that was the year that Trotch had used his treaty card to join the Americans, and he, and he played for the U.S. instead of Canada that year. And, uh, and Trotch had married. I did not know, know that. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. North Trot- American. North yeah, American yeah, treaty right. card. Yeah, okay. So he was free to play to whatever country. And he and he married a girl from Long Island. So he ended up choosing to, and he was named one of the 30 guys. But yeah. he choo- he made the decision the day before to go play for, for the, the U.S. American, in the U.S. for the U.S. And uh, so I'm sitting at home and, and my wife and I, we, Connie, we'd rented a cabin every year when we went back to, to to uh, Sylvan Lake during the summer and <laughs> I got a call from Al Nagelson and uh, he calls me and said uh, I want your money? <laughs> yeah, he said uh, <laughs> and I didn't know it was Al and he called me and says hey I'm just calling to let you know that uh, we're inviting you to come down to our camp in Montreal to the Canada Cup and I said I won't tell you what I said. I hung the phone up on him. I'm like, yeah, you're going to hung the phone. Yeah. I thought someone it was, was two joking. Words. I yeah. thought someone was joking. I hung the phone up. Well, about two minutes later, Bill Torrey called me and says, Brent, that was Al Nagelson. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got a flight booked out for you tonight to get here to, do, uh, oh, to Montreal. So, yeah, so I ended up going to Montreal, and uh, and there was a lot of Oilers and a lot of Islanders. There was, uh, from the Islanders, there was Bossy, uh, myself, Bobby Bourne, John Tonelli. Um, mm-hmm. And that, Den, Dennis wasn't there that year, and uh, and Dennis Potvin, and and then the Oilers, of course, had all their guys there: Gretzen, Massenkoff, and Grant, and Glenn, um, Kevin. Wow. So it was like you know half or over half the team was Islanders and Oilers. So yeah, we had to mesh, and, uh, so you went and out there drinking. was some scenarios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went out drinking, uh, but no, we. Uh, uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, we found a way, and we we managed. You know, we got through it, and and you know what? Winners and professionals to do that, right? Guys that know how to win and champions, and you're playing for your country. And you were on the '87 team, and you're right. You're on the. Were you on yeah. the and your line turned the third game around for yeah. Fyra. You're a modest man, Brett. Yeah. Oh, it, you know it was uh, that those three games against their each game was six five, in uh, in the final go around there. And we actually the year in '84 we beat Russia in the semifinal game. Right. 
uh, we scored in over in overtime to win right. three. Cough broke up. Yeah, yeah. Yep, broke up. They had a two and one or three yeah. and one against us, and Cough broke it up, and we went down. and And um, I believe it was uh, Bossy, Boss yeah. Johnny, and Johnny T and I were online together. And anyway, we end up, you know, we end up winning that game in overtime, and, uh, and then we played Sweden in the finals that year in a best of three. Smoked them. We beat in both games, yeah. Yeah, that's where Matt Snazzle said the problem with Sweden is we have too many Swedes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he did say. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got about a minute. So uh, very quickly, if you can, tell us about the you, you know your outlook for the Red Deer Rebels this year in a minute or less. Young. I'll uh, be the youngest team that I've ever coached in uh, in, in Red Deer, and, okay. but I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Completely different coach in today's players. than For sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, you'd you like to... to adapt, you have to adapt and adjust to times, and, and uh, you know, last year for me was probably the funnest year I've had in a long time coaching, just simply in the fact that, you know, I brought in a really young coaching staff, and... Uh, they were they were great to work with, and uh, they made me feel like I was 20 years younger. I felt like Johnny Carson. Did you feel like? Oh, I, I'm felt total the, Ed McMahon. Over you were Ed McMahon yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the closest exactly. I've ever gotten to yeah. being Johnny Carson. Let me tell you, uh, that guy was Mo- a fr- Mooner, he, Mooner's a beauty. Yeah, that, uh, Johnny Carson was a prolific SOB back in the day. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Brent and Cam, thanks for coming in the studio tomorrow. Uh, Stoffer Inspector for the horses, horse race in Alberta, who present uh, live racing every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday out at Century Mile Racetrack in Nisku. Tonight, Inside Sports will be with special guest host Dave Campbell. Up next, the news, weather, and traffic update, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.